Bargaining is so obvious when you lose a loved one. And you may have thought things like, please God, I will never ever be angry with my husband again if you'll just let him live. That's when we're absolutely dealing with a complete loss. But bargaining with betrayal looks very, very different. We can become so lost in what I call the what ifs and the if onlys. You know, we want life to return to what it was. And we want the one that we love so much to be who they used to be. Hey, beautiful. Welcome to Beauty Beyond Betrayal. Have you discovered your husband's been having an affair? Do you just want the pain to stop and be able to take a deep breath again? Do you find yourself up late at night Googling how to save your marriage, heal from an affair? Do you wake up with the hope that this nightmare would end only to feel crushed and humiliated because your husband acts like the affair was really your fault and now you're left obsessing with where he is and if he's seeing her again? Hey, I'm Lisa. I too was devastated when I discovered my husband was having an affair. I too felt the pain would never end and wished he would just stop the affair and we could restore our marriage. I wanted the weight of the trauma to be lifted so I could breathe again and be able to have someone, anyone help me climb out of the dark miry pit of despair so I could begin to heal and be confident in me again. But I kept telling myself, he won't stop seeing her. Must have been my fault. And this pain, it'll never go away. Until I found hope and healing in Christ, along with simple techniques that helped me to learn how to recover from the betrayal. In this podcast, you'll discover what betrayal trauma really is, learn simple techniques to heal and recover, and get biblical guidance to help you make the right choices as you heal from the affair so you can be free from the heartbreak and the pain and rise in confidence once again to be the woman God created you to be. So beautiful, grab your favorite latte or a glass of wine, snuggle up on the couch and focus on yourself for a few minutes. Let's dive into what it really means to rise up from the ashes of betrayal and loss into a life that you really desire. Welcome back, beautiful. This is part two of that two-part series, The Seven Stages of Grief and Betrayal Trauma. Told you we'd be back, and this is definitely going to wrap this one up. We're going to talk about the remaining four, because in the first part, we talked about the shock stage. We talked about the denial stage, and then we also talked about the obsession stage, and each in each one of those stages, I shared how you could recognize if you were in that stage. And then I gave you a little bit about how not to get stuck there. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's below in the show notes. I want you to go take a listen. Episode 74, take a listen to that one bookmark this one and come back to it because this will really help you to kind of see the different stages, especially the early stages, so that you can see where you might be. Now, if you already listened to it, I know you've been waiting on the second part, so we're going to jump right in. So beautiful, grab that pen and paper once again because you want to take notes as well as be able to go back and assess the notes to see where you are in the grief process and to see how not to get stuck there because I definitely want you moving through not to sit in. 
Okay, so today we're going to talk about number four next. That is the stage of anger. Now, beautiful, anger is a normal response. I remember when I was in this stage, that day I actually put my fist up and I started to beat him repetitively, physically. And this was so out of character for me. But I went there because I had this drip process going on with him and he was telling me little by little, well, it wasn't just an emotional affair and it wasn't just kissing, but it was an actual sexual affair. So I was grieving what we used to have. I recognized that our marriage was dead. It was gone and I was grieving, but I got to the point of absolute anger. And anger is a natural response when we feel like we are in some kind of danger when we perceive a threat to our life. And betrayal actually is that. This is a survival instinct and it activates our body's fight and flight reaction. So during this time, we have this extreme boost of adrenaline and our senses become sharper. This is when our blood pressure starts to rise. You may notice that your heart is increasing in its beats. It may even feel like it's flip-flopping out of your chest. And well, you're ready to take action. (laughs) Thus, some of us do, right? Just like I told you I did. Well, often anger also inspires a very powerful, sometimes aggressive feeling. And I will say that's exactly what happened to me because we feel attacked and beautiful betrayal can feel like an actual personal attack. So this is why we lash out in anger. And this is a necessary stage in the healing process when we're working through grief. Now, let me say that again, because you need to hear this. Anger is necessary. And I know that it's like not the norm for women to culturally be caught up in their anger, right? It's normal for us to basically repress our anger. But in order for us to heal through it, we have to acknowledge it. We have to allow ourselves to feel it. And the more that we begin to feel it and work through it and process it, the more you will heal. Now, when the anger stage comes, you know, it may not be directed to your husband. You might be angry with yourself. You might be angry with yourself because you didn't notice the red flags. Or you've come to the realization that, well, I did notice the red flags. I just chose not to acknowledge them, which can cause you to definitely get angry with yourself. Or... You could be angry with God. You could be angry with your friends, with family members. Maybe it's co-workers. Maybe it's workers that are at his employer because they knew about the affair, right? Or maybe it's any other person who actually crosses your path that day. (laughs) You could be angry with anyone. Well, let me just let you know that it's important, beautiful, to allow yourself to feel the anger while remembering that underneath it all, anger is pain 
and even deeper, it's showing your vulnerable feelings. And this is okay. Anger is a secondary emotion and it's showing up to protect the more sensitive feelings beneath it. Now, David Dr. David Kessler states it this way, quote, it is natural to feel deserted and abandoned, but we live in a society that fears anger. Anger is strength and it can be an anchor giving temporary structure to the nothingness of loss. At first, grief feels like being lost at sea where there's no connection to anything. Then you get angry at someone and suddenly you have a structure, your anger toward them, end quote. And I kind of, I kind of agree with him on this. You know, the anger stage of grieving, it gives the traumatized partner, which is you, the strength and energy to face the challenges that present themselves in the process of recovery. It's actually an underlying strength. So this would catapult you to actually step into following through with your boundaries. Now, for those of you who haven't created boundaries yet, the anger could actually motivate you to create them, but then it becomes the motivation to keep them. Then it could also be the motivation to help you make the hard decisions that you need to make. Maybe if there's a therapeutic separation that needs to take place, well, the anger can help move you in that direction. And it's important to note that while there is an initial survival to the anger, that's where that survival part of our brain kicks in, right? It's also important to recognize that the benefit wanes over time, all right? So remember, handle your anger with dignity. Walk in full integrity. There's nothing wrong with being angry over what's been done to you. That is a righteous anger. Where it becomes a problem is when you cross over into vengeance. Remember, beautiful, God said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So it's not yours to become vengeful. God will take care of the injustice that's been done to you. He will do it either here on earth or on the other side. But just know that it's in his hands and it's okay to feel the righteous anger. Just continue in dignity and make sure to walk in full integrity. So how do you know if you're in this phase? Well, you might remember walking into your husband wherever he is, and feeling a tremendous rage. Maybe you feel disgust. Maybe you feel shame because of what's going on. You could be in this this phase, right? Maybe you're yelling at your children more than you normally do. Maybe you just get frustrated at the smallest little things that are happening, whether at home, whether at work, whether with family, and it's just totally out of character for you. Maybe you say things purposefully to hurt your husband, like you are going at it all the time. Even if he's in full-blown recovery, you're digging all the time. Maybe you've become very passive-aggressive with him, finding ways to make his life so hard without outwardly showing the anger, right? It's kind of like sub-hidden down belief, so to speak, right? 
maybe you want to cause him the same level of pain that he caused you. Or maybe it's your patience. Maybe it's gotten very, very thin and the smallest things set you off, whether they are related to the betrayal or not. Well, those are the ways you can recognize if you're stuck in this phase. But how do you not get stuck? Here. That's the most important thing. Well, like all the other stages, you've got to be very intentional and purposeful when it comes to feeling and moving through the emotions in this stage. You know, anger is not something to be feared, beautiful. There are healthy ways that you can actually feel it and release it. Some of these ways include exercise or maybe something called a burn journal where you write out all your anger, all the hate feelings that you have, all the frustration, and then when you finish, you burn it, right? Maybe you turn it into art therapy, dance therapy, poetry. Maybe you do pottery or drawing. Um, maybe you go axe throwing and, and you can kind of get your, your anger out there. That's one of the things that I did. I absolutely love axe throwing and I would strongly urge you to give it a try. Maybe for you it's dance or getting a punching bag. Maybe this is where you employ a good trauma-informed coach or a good trauma-informed therapist, a safe friend, a trusted church leader, someone in that way. Maybe you do some deep box breathing activities, right? Maybe you do some of your somatic techniques, um, muscle relaxation. Maybe you just go to God and sit in his presence and you pray and you really work on releasing your anger over to him. Another way I just love is to go and just get into my shower, turn on some real, I love hot water showers. I don't know about you, you might not, but I love to turn on a good hot water shower and just stand in there and let the anger just turn to tears and let it cleanse and wash through me and over me so I can get rid of it. Some communities even have what's called rage rooms. This is a great place to go as well. So you can just go take a hammer or an axe and break things. <laughs> if that's what you need, beautiful, go for it. But whatever you need, beautiful, go and do some of these things so that you don't get stuck in anger. Okay, the next one is the bargaining stage. Now, bargaining is quite obvious when you lose a loved one. You know, we get into that stage and we may say things like, please, God, I will never be angry with my husband again if you just let him live. It's normal when we go through a loss to start bargaining in that manner. But bargaining with betrayal looks very different. You know, we become lost in what I call the what ifs or the if onlys. This is where we want life to return to what it used to be. And we want the one that we love so much to become the one that he used to be. Guilt is often associated with this bargaining stage. You know, we get caught up in the what if onlys and we find fault in ourselves and we start to think that we could have done something 
anything to have stopped the affair. Maybe we could have dressed a little better, or maybe we could have lost some weight, or maybe we could have been more attentive. We start bargaining even with the pain that we feel, and we'll do anything not to feel the pain of this loss. So we remain in the past, and we try to negotiate our way out the hurt. We try to stay in the past and, you know, what it used to be. So we deny what's going on. And this is where you can actually get into the bargaining and denial stage at the same time where they cross over and you're denying the actual affair and you're staying in the past. You're going to bargain with yourself because the pain feels so bad. But then you start thinking things like, Um, I'm going to bargain with my personal wellness. I'm going to excuse their bad behavior. I'm going to begin to accept things just the way they are so that we can try to get some normalcy in our life. And then we bargain away our personal integrity with the hopes that if we do all of this, then we don't have to face the fear of maybe losing the relationship, ending up alone, and having to deal with these feelings. Well, how do we recognize if we're in this phase? Well, you say things like, if I just explain things to him in the right way, then he'll understand and he'll want to change. Or you might say, well, if I do this, then he'll quit seeing her. Or maybe you're saying, if I just had lost all the weight, he would have found me more attractive and wouldn't have had the affair. Or if I were just, and you can fill in the blank here, I would have been enough. You probably understand where I'm coming from, right, beautiful? But how do you not get stuck here? Well, bargaining in and of itself is a normal part of the healing journey. It just is. But getting stuck here would mean that we would have to continually sacrifice our sense of self for the hopes of getting something in return. Bargaining is a natural part of the grieving process, but it's definitely not a place that you want to stay stuck in. Why? Because it's a recipe for long-lasting self-esteem issues. It can cause deep depression, high anxiety, severe pain. You can lack progression through your recovery and so many other things. So you need to move through this one beautiful. And a good rule of thumb is knowing where you need a boundary and paying attention to your triggers. So what areas of your life are you getting the most triggered right now? Another way to recognize a need for a boundary is where resentments are starting to build. If you've got those, it's time for a healthy boundary. And when you learn to prioritize creating a safe place for yourself so that you can thrive and heal, then you'll be able to progress through your healing at a great space. All right. The next one is depression or actual mourning. And a lot of women, when they get to this point, it's almost like they push back hard for the mourning part of it. Because when you mourn, it's almost like you're recognizing the death of the relationship, which is so hard to accept. We want the relationship to continue. 
but beautiful whether you reconcile and move forward into reconciliation or not the marriage that you used to have is dead and gone because boundaries were broken because vows were destroyed and there was an affair so that marriage is dead consider it buried and mourn it as such so that you can heal and move forward and if you're choosing to reconcile your relationship so that you can build a brand new one so let me just share this with you this also comes from dr kessler and elizabeth krubler ross on depression and mourning and they say quote after bargaining our attention moves squarely into the present empty feelings present themselves and grief enters our lives on a deeper level deeper than we've ever imagined this depressive stage feels as though it will last forever it's important to understand that this depression is not a sign of mental illness beautiful must say that one again it's important to understand that this depression is not a sign of mental illness it is the appropriate response to a great loss we withdraw from life left in a fog of intense sadness if grief is a process of healing then depression is one of the many necessary steps along the way end quote so while this depressive stage is not in and of itself a sign of mental illness i do want you to understand this that long lasting long lasting depression and long lasting symptoms um that might require you to seek out the help of a medical professional and that's okay if you are struggling please hear me if you are struggling to come out of the darkness right now and you've tried everything you've done your trauma work you've been working with um, a therapist for a long period of time you've been working with a coach you might just need to see a medical professional for a time being just to help you through and that is okay it's been said that the morning stage is kind of like a wild card because it takes place at any given time and it can bounce in between the other stages so it's kind of like a dark cloud over you and this is when life feels very dark it feels very lonely even though you may have many people around you i remember this stage beautiful it was difficult i had lots of people in my life but i felt so alone and i it was literally i equate it to if you some of you i would remember this but the charlie brown cartoon where linus you know i i believe it's linus but the one who has the dark cloud of dust that follows him everywhere <laughs> i equate it to that because it was it felt that way it was like this dark cloud just was following me everywhere and it cropped crept up at any given moment so it's okay if that happens but just be aware of it you know this is also when the things that used to bring you joy they they just don't anymore 
um, the motivation to move forward takes every ounce of energy that you have. It's hard to get out of bed. It's hard to be motivated with anything in your life. And overall, unfortunately, this is where you feel very hopeless. You feel discouraged. You're not sure if you want to move forward in the relationship or not. You're not, you're not sure really what you want to do because where you are currently feels too big right now. It's beyond your capacity to bear. So how do you know if you're in this stage? Well, again, I said you feel hopeless. Things that used to bring you joy no longer do. You feel lifeless, unmotivated. You feel exhausted all the time. You don't know if you can handle any more. And you find yourself crying over nothing at any given moment. It's hard for you to get out of bed or even really take care of your basic needs. So how do you not get stuck here? Well, this is a stage that most of us want to work through very quickly. I know I did. I couldn't stand that feeling. And many people struggle when they hit this stage because they don't have patience with themselves, much less with anybody else. So what do we do? We try to rush through the process. But beautiful, you can't rush healing. You just can't. So this is the stage and just you're going to have to acknowledge it and accept it and recognize it for the way it is. This is the stage that often takes the most amount of time. But the key is to not get stuck here. And the key to that is to allow yourself to feel the emotions and the pain. And some of the ways to do that is allow yourself to cry. And I know sometimes you might feel like, no, I cannot allow that because if I do, if I allow myself to feel this pain, I'll never come out of that dark hole. Beautiful, I understand and I see you, I hear you, I feel you. That's what it felt like for me. I felt like if I allow myself to really feel this emotion, I won't make it out of the dark hole. But beautiful, you will. Because God's right there with you in there. And he's not going to let you demise to it. So take time to examine it, process it, feel it, learn from it, grow through it. You know, your brain is going to want to self-protect and it's going to want you to do whatever you can do to avoid the pain, but you've got to go through the pain in order to heal it. Okay, the last one that I want to talk to you about today is the acceptance stage. Well, this is the one that we love to get to, right? Because you know, this is where we feel like, oh, if I can just accept it, this is going to be like the finish line for me. This is going to be the proof that I've done all the work. I've done the recovery work. I've healed. Um, I'm over it, right? But I want you to know that this can kind of be misleading and you need to be careful. Acceptance can change the lens through which you see the other stages, but often acceptance can come and go. And again, remember, you can vacillate between all of these stages, right? It's often confused with the notion of, okay, I'm all right. I'm actually good. I finally made it. But you've got to realize that acceptance actually is where you start to recognize your new reality. You're not... 
um, denying it anymore. Okay. And it's also not wishing that your life was again, back to the way it was or living in the fantasies of, you know, what it used to be. It's actually living in the present, in the here and now. And you're accepting the fact that the past has forever changed and that it is what it is. And that instead of focusing on restoring all the things that were lost, you understand that you can never replace what was lost. And now you're focused in on building a new future. One that's led by healthy choices of healing and moving forward. So this is where you're stepping into new meaningful relationships. You're not denying your feelings. You're listening to your personal needs. Um, you're moving forward. You're changing. You're growing. You're evolving. And you might even start reaching out to others and become involved in other people's lives. And, you know, you're investing in relationships once again with yourself and with other people. You're noticing that you're starting to live again and you're actually starting to love life again. But again, you recognize that this is a part of the healing process with acceptance you understand and accept the process to heal is going to be hard. Yet, despite all that, you're still moving forward. This is where you're taking back your power and you are reclaiming your life. So, how can you recognize if you're in this stage? Well, acceptance may mean that you recognize your own contribution to your accountability in some of the things that went wrong in your relationship. Now, let me just say, I'm not saying that your part of some of the problems in your relationship are the reason behind the betrayal. That's not what I'm saying. Nothing constitutes a betrayal. Nothing at all. No matter how bad the marriage is or was, it doesn't give the right to have an affair. I'm saying if there were financial woes, if there were communication issues, you recognize those and you grow from them so that when you enter into the reconciliation of your relationship, you enter into a brand new level, not bringing those past things with you. Or maybe in this phase, you feel like you're beginning to understand more about his sexual addiction that he's dealing with because it was pornography or you understand why he had the affair because he's worked through recovery. He understands it. He was able to articulate it and you were able to receive it. Or maybe it involves accepting that you no longer trust him and that the relationship can't be restored and that you realize it's okay. The idea of acceptance can be a trigger word because it implies surrender, but it's not surrendering, beautiful. You're not accepting his infidelity. You're just accepting that it happened. There's a big difference. And being able to accept is healing. This is about beginning to understand how your reality has shifted and you come to grips with how to live well in your new reality. So this is where when you get to this stage, 
I don't want you to get stuck here either. And I know some of you are like, well, wait a minute, that sounds like a good stage, Lisa. Hold tight. I know we've gone long, but hold tight. With acceptance, many want to get stuck here, but the reality is there's no finish line in recovery. There's no finish line in moving forward in our life. When it comes to the stages of grief, there are twists and turns. There are all kinds of shifts in a moment's notice. Um, grief holds a life of its own, and that's just reality. You have to understand it needs space to have a voice and to heal. It can come raging forward at the most inopportune times. It can surprise you and send you reeling, and then the next minute you can be okay again. Please, above all else, give yourself grace and be gentle with yourself. Don't rush the process of healing from grief, from betrayal trauma. Give yourself lots of space so that you can deal with all the variety of the emotions because they will come and realize that betrayal trauma is exhausting and it's very difficult work. You're going to be tired. You want to give up at times, but be patient with yourself. And have these realistic expectations, realizing you are going to heal. The road can be long. The road can be very daunting. The path can be tough. But stay on it no matter what. If you need to rest while you're on your journey, by all means, take a seat. Rest for a little while. But don't unpack your bags. Don't get stuck there. Just sit down for a little while and then keep moving forward because a beautiful future awaits you. And if you need help in this, beautiful by all means, reach out to me. I've got a free clarity consult below in the show notes. Click on it. Get your schedule with me and let's talk about where you are in your journey where you would love to be on the other side of recovery, and let's devise your healing plan so you can start to live again. It would be an honor to help you. All right, beautiful. I hope this little two-part mini-series helped you. I hope it helped you to understand grief better, and I hope you don't get stuck in it. Until next time, I'm cheering you on. Bye, beautiful. Thanks for stopping by today and spending a little while with me. I hope you enjoyed today's show and found hope, healing, and encouragement. Please remember to subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. You can even screenshot this episode and share it on IG or Facebook stories. This is how we get the message of hope and healing out to all women who are in the midst of betrayal and loss. If you're ready to move out of the devastation of betrayal and take the next step in your healing, make sure to reach out to me and schedule your breakthrough coaching call today. Until next time, love God, live your life passionately, and always choose joy in the midst of any circumstance that you may face. Cheers to you, beautiful.